The Pat Kenny Show with MasterCard. Share an extraordinary experiences all over the world with priceless cities at priceless.com. This is News Talk. Scraps from the table, dry pellets or even a juicy steak, the food we give to our pets varies from household to household. But are those pets getting everything they need? And how should we be choosing their food? What really should be in the doggy bowl? Well, Pete Wedderburn, Pete the Vet, is with me to answer those questions and more. Pete, good morning and welcome. Good morning. Now, uh, feeding our animals, some people literally just share their food with the dog. The dog gets what they get, end of... They do indeed. And, you know, people often get away with that. Um, As a vet, I'd be trained in nutrition at vet college. All vets are. And so we learn all about the various necessary ingredients. And what we'd be very aware of is that if, if somebody just home cooks for their pet, there's a risk that they don't give a complete diet. There's risk Does a dog give. need something that, you know, if, if you're eating your bit of steak and your sausage and your lamb or whatever it is mm. and your potatoes and your greens and you just take a portion of exactly what you're eating mm. and give it to your dog, I mean, it's good enough for you. There's a very, Does the dog need more? I have to say, no, it probably doesn't. And there's a very high chance that it will be perfectly all right. But I brought this up at a nutrition conference recently. I asked the expert, you know. You're saying that all all dogs should have a diet properly formulated by a nutritionist. What about humans? We don't have diets formulated by nutritionists, and we seem to manage. And what they said is, well, that's exactly the point, that quite a high number of humans suffer from low-grade subclinical deficiencies, such as vitamin D deficiency. And we yeah. don't realize it because we don't have our diets made up by nutritionists. Yeah, and lots of humans are fat. Yes, indeed. So they're obviously eating in, inappropriately. So humans would also benefit from having their diets formulated <laughs> by a nutritionist. But no, you're right. The truth is that if people are reasonably sensible, their dog is unlikely. The, the only problem time I see nutritional deficiencies tends to be when people do kind of slightly mad things, like giving a dog nothing but porridge, for example, or feeding oh, a yeah. cat nothing but liver. Animals in those situations do get very serious illnesses. Now, you told us before, I think, that uh, you can add up to, what, 20, 25 percent of scraps. I'd say I'd, I'd, even, I'd be right down to 10 percent. 10 percent. In general, you're, you see, if you use commercial pet food that's marketed uh, and uh, produced as commercial pet food, that's legally obliged to be complete. It must give your pet everything your pet needs. So if you go way off the, the radar and start to give lots of other stuff as well as that diet, you're more likely to have a nutritional problem. So to keep it simple, give your dog just 10% of treats and that's that's it. Now, are some uh, creatures, cats or dogs, uh, hungrier than others? Um, because, you know, there are some dogs that are hungry all the time. Yeah, well, dogs, dogs generally um, are uh, gluttons. Gluttons. Their instinct is, if you if you can imagine in the wild, find a source of food like some carrion or whatever, wolf it all down as quick as you can, and then head off looking for something else. Whereas what, and they might not get something else for a couple of days. Whereas cats are more likely to get individual small meals that they catch little little birds, little rodents intermittently. So cats are much more fastidious eaters. Dogs just eat it all and that's it. How do you sort out which of the many, many foods on offer? I mean, if it's Aldi or Lidl or Dawn Stores or Tesco or whoever it might be, presumably everything they sell, if it's labelled as appropriate for dogs or cats, it has to be nutritionally sound. Yes. So owners, wherever they buy pet food, they can be reassured that the, the they're going to give their pet a nutritionally balanced diet and that they won't suffer from deficiencies or excesses. But the cheaper types of diet, like those ones you've mentioned, generally they're on the basic spectrum 
of ingredients. And what that means is that there's a, um, if you look at, read the label, you'll find the ingredients are, are listed from broad groups rather than specific items. For example, there may be meat and animal derivatives without specifying what kind of meat, and it might say just vegetables without saying what kind of vegetables. Um, and what this lack of being specific, it allows manufacturers to vary the ingredients from batch to batch of the food without changing the label. And, and you're but, in favour of consistency in food, because well, well, it can upset no, a, a tummy. Well, for lots of pets, it makes no difference. It doesn't mean the composition will vary according to the best value ingredients at the time. But for a lot of pets, that doesn't matter at all. They're quite happy eating different stuff. But some dogs and some cats, um, if they if they have a sudden change in their diet composition, they get an upset stomach, they get vomiting, diarrhea, uh, gurgly tummy, flatulence, all those things. So if your pet's one of those pets, then you're better to buy one of the more expensive foods that actually specifies exactly what's going on. And uh, there are foods that label themselves as sensitive Yes, indeed. So um, there are specific diets that have got ingredients that they know are more digestible and higher quality, and, and they're labelled as, as, as hypoallergenic or sensitive, that kind of uh, thing. A, a final question about specialist diets, like mm. grain-free diet for mm. dogs or high-protein, uh, you know, or even vegan diets. Yes, sure. Listen, my my sense is that contemporary trends in pet food have gone a bit over the top in that way, and a lot of Retail products stock a wide range of diets that, that are more about human fads than actually what's really healthy for pets. So, for example, grain-free in the U.S., a recent study found an increased instance of heart failure amongst dogs fed some types of grain-free diets. So these diets have been designed because people think they sound cool rather than because of any proof that they're actually good for dogs. So I would be saying to people, you don't need to do that. You don't need to use innovative proteins like wild boar or venison. For most pets, they're just not needed. If your pet has a specific issue, like a food allergy or something proven, like itchy skin or or something that you know is, is um, perhaps caused by the diet, then yes, these special diets may be needed but most of them are sold because people just like the idea of feeding their pets something fancy and it really isn't necessary and feeding a dog vegan when they're carnivores you know but you you can (laughs) feed dogs vegan for enough you can't feed cats because they're obligate carnivores but what i would say my bottom line is this that if your pet enjoys eating their daily rations and if they're in really good bodily condition with a glossy coat and bright eyes and no digestive disturbances well then you've chosen your pet food well and i wouldn't get too fussed about exactly what it is all right pete the question's coming in could you ask pete if it's normal that a one-year-old German shepherd still does not lift his leg when peeing. Must be playing for Leinster. <laughs> um, well, well, some male dogs lift their leg, others don't. I'd say it takes up to about a year and a half till the dogs mature fully. So, you know, um, with German shepherds, you might worry a little bit, is there something wrong with his hip? Because as a breed, yeah. they are prone to hip dysplasia. And if the hips are a bit uncomfortable, they might not want to lift their leg. So if, you, if you're worried about it, ask your vet to give it a quick check. Another one, my dog is continually scooting. She's been given a wormer and has had her anal glands cleared. She's a Collie Springer cross, almost eight years old. This is rubbing her bottom along the ground. Yes, scooting, sledging. Uh, And you've actually ruled out the two most common causes of that by worming and having the anal glands checked. Um, It can also be caused by a number of other conditions, including... uh, including dietary allergies funnily enough so it could be worth trying a a, a dog like that on a special diet in case as the food comes out it's causing a little irritation around Mm. the anus Um, also um, contact allergies from the environment so something that the the, the dog is contacting whether it's grass or whether it's a floor cleaner that's that's causing a little irritation in that area is another possibility My cat keeps eating and playing with my house plants they're all wrecked is eating them harmful he's never been ill and I think he quite enjoys them that's from Brenda You need to be careful there Brenda because there are some house plants 
plants that are highly toxic to cats. Examples would, would include lilies. So I would actually be checking what plants you have in your house. Um, and it's easy to do that with some of these apps. You can actually take a photograph of them and get them identified precisely. And then checking whether that's poisonous or not. Probably it's not. Most cats are happy playing with grass-like stuff. They mm. love it. On food, slices of bought ham. Are these okay for small dogs? My dog loves his slice of ham in the morning and evening. He's a shih tzu. Uh, someone said the preservatives would not be good for a dog. Well, it's like for ourselves. You know, if you fed your dog on nothing but sliced ham, that would be very bad for it indeed. But occasional treats with sliced ham aren't going to do any harm at all. All right, Pete, you are going to continue on uh, Facebook. Um, Facebook Live, yes. Yeah, Facebook Live. So go to facebook.com forward slash news talk FM and there you'll find Pete to answer your questions. Pete Wedderburn, thank you very much. 